Welcome back to Real Faith Conversations, where we try to talk about life, culture, and faith in the most genuine way possible. My name is Rachel Bowman, and joining me today is once again Mr. Ryan Morris. It's hey. great to have you. Uh, in this episode, we're going to dive into pro-life, what it is, and how we can approach this conversation with dignity in our culture today, which, hard enough as it is. Well you said, know? Rachel. I love you Thank doing you. the intros. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's a nice little switch up. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, so we're talking about pro-life today. Some people may be asking, like, what is pro-life exactly? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times people think it's only for, you know, the abortion conversation, right, or babies being born. Right. That is one aspect, right? And that's what's a lot of times publicized today. And that's what a lot of people th think of when they say, oh, pro-life, pro-choice. But it's also people that don't really like euthanasia, right? And euthanasia is basically the painless killing of, um, you know, individuals suffering from, you know, disease, you know, and they say, you know, it might be better to, you know, put this person out of their misery, right? Yeah, or even, oh, they can't work anymore. So, you know, what use do we have with them in our society at this point? Yeah. Another piece is capital punishment. So the death penalty, people that are pro-life would normally say, hey, I'm, I'm not really for the death penalty. In politics, this really gets blurry in a yeah. lot of ways because there are spectrums of, you know, politics out there and political affiliations. But basically, in its core, it's the dignity dignity of all stages of life from birth to death, right? And that's important from birth to death. So from from point A to point Z, I guess we'll we'll say for that. And I think, like you said, it's a it's usually around this topic of, oh, you know, babies being born. And, you know, new moms, new families, when in reality, it's like, it doesn't just stop there. It continues after the baby's born and from then on out. And, and that's an important thing that I think a lot of people miss. I think I missed that at some point or another. Um, first hearing about pro-life and learning about it within, you know, this community and school and wherever else. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot, it's a hard thing to grasp because because of how people politicize it, right? It's it's going further than just the pregnancy. And if you say you're pro-life, um, it really means the whole stage is not just from that. And I know a lot of times, of course, when you see a baby, an infant, right? You're like, oh, that thing is so innocent, right? Right. I need to protect that. I need to protect the dignity of that little thing that can't protect itself. And I get the emotion behind that. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, when you look at an older person, you know, I, I tend to try to see that the same way, right? They're, no one's kind of vouching for them. Right. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. And so the question begs is why is pro-life so important and why is it a huge part of being Catholic, right? Why is it part of our Catholic identity to be pro-life? Right. And I think, you know, one of those things kind of just started off is what you just said is protecting those who can't protect themselves, especially looking at the unborn. You know, what are they going to say about it? What are they going to do? And and there's only so much that, you know, we can do to kind of help that along and, and have them be growing healthy and in a good way. But they can't protect themselves at the end of the day. So it's it's really up to us to do that protecting for them. Um, uh, after, after doing a little bit of research, just kind of looking at like why pro-life is important to us as Catholics, you know, a lot of it's, you know, the dignity of a human person. That's kind of just like that basis, that baseline. Um, but a couple of quotations I have here is, 
You know, we believe that when the body of a child is formed through the union of its parents, its soul is created directly by God. So it's acknowledging right away that even though this thing isn't necessarily a, a human baby breathing, you know, around the rest of us yet, it's still connected directly to God and it's still a child of God at that point. Um, and that kind of goes to the next of, you know, we believe God has put every individual into the world with a mission even though that seems to others to just be a burden. And I feel like I like that one because I think there are a lot of a lot of moments where it's like, well, I have to sit here and now take care of it. I have to take time out of out of my life now to, you know, raise this child and it's, you know, every individual is here for a reason. And I think that's an important thing to remember, especially when kind of looking at ourselves and the reason why we're here, even if it's just me and you sitting here, there's reason behind that. And uh, we'll go into that a little bit later, a little bit further down into the into the conversation. Yeah, and, and I love these quotes. I'm glad you put these in here. I'm glad you brought them up because at its core, a child of God, what do we mean by that? Well, it's from conception to even after death, right? Right. And at the moment of conception in our Catholic theology is when that life begins, right? Mm -hmm. Through the love of the parents, the mother and the father, the baby, they become co-creators and create life with God. Yeah. That is sort of the foundation of our belief in how a child is brought into this world. And yeah. like you said, it's connected with the soul, right? And created directly by God. And should be loved just as God loves us, right? That's the that's the basic core. Yeah. And so when we think about pro-life, it's really good when people are connected to that at its core, but then also follow that child throughout the entire life. Vow to help the mother even after, you know, both ways. Right. During her preg pregnancy and after, mm. right? It, sometimes we focus on the beginning part and then forget about the rest. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we see, oh, say no to abortion. What's the follow-up? Mm. A lot of times women are left helpless, you know, yeah. in that time. I mean, sure, there's a lot of homes and facilities and retreats for them as well. But a lot of times, you know, there's far too few of those places yeah. um, out and, there. And even the idea of, oh, well, you know, so-and-so already made this choice, so guess they're on their own. And I think that's where we fall short sometimes is, you know, being understanding like, all right, yes, you did make this decision. Now what's coming after? What can we do now to help you? And that might not just be, you know, oh, don't do it again. That might be, hey, I'm here to talk to you if you ever need anyone to talk to, or if you ever, you know, need anyone to pray for you, I'm here, I could do that for you. And it can, it can be a something small. It doesn't have to be, you know, you give someone a house or anything, but it's still this idea that we're taking it as it comes and then moving forward continuously and not stopping at this all right well the baby's born enjoy it you know that's that's where i feel sometimes i think we fall short sometimes and um not everyone not necessarily just this community but in general i feel there needs to be more of this after that we keep referencing back to yeah a lot of times too when i hear people talk about people that are pro-life self-proclaimed pro-lifers they um they often say that's pure evil, right? After the mother, you know, decides to go through with an abortion. Right. 
you know, a lot of times the term is pure evil. Yeah, maybe the action is pure evil, but the person is still has some salvation yes. to go towards. And they need to be separated. That absolutely needs to be separated because we will not bring anybody closer to our community, to God, to the whole idea of pro-life if it's you made the decision and now you're a bad person. If anything, we're just we're asking to push people away. And that's not what our intention is, especially if we're looking at pro-life from before birth, birth, and then from then on. Yeah. So we can't we can't have that type of judgment, even if it's something, oh, I can never see myself doing, that's great. This person did, what can we do to help? Yeah. What do we do now? What's the next step? Yeah. And don't get me wrong out there, people listening, I mean I'm pro life. I believe in, you know, the dignity of the child in the womb, right? And, right. and things like that. I also believe in the dignity of the mother. Um, mm. Even if through her free will and choice, she goes through with the abortion, I think I'm called to love her the same and be there for her, right? Now, my vocation may not be to go out and seek these women, right? Yeah. But if there's someone in my life that has done that, I feel like I would be called to help them regardless, right? Yeah. I agree. And I, I think, you know, as you mentioned, you're pro-life. I'm kind of in between the two, I feel. Um, I definitely agree with pro-life and what is trying to happen in that sense. But also as a woman, I agree with pro-choice as well because I feel it shouldn't be up to anybody else, religion, government, whatever, to be telling you what you can and can't do with your body. Um, but again, it is a, it is sometimes a strange in between. And I think some of that comes from, you know, my biological mom was very young when she got pregnant and then was 15 when she ended up giving birth to me. So, you know, not even in high school yet, hmm. essentially. Yeah. And we talked about that a little bit in a previous show. Yeah. And like, you know, you're thinking about your, your high school daughter or daughter's about to be a freshman and think about them having to, you know, go through a pregnancy and figure that out. It's a lot. And she definitely, I I feel at some point, was probably told by somebody, you know, you should just do this. You should just get rid of it. Then you don't have to worry about it. Then you can actually, you know, have a normal high school career, maybe. And it's not something then that's going to be a burden. And that's another thing is that whole burden aspect of that. I definitely could have been a bit of a burden for her, especially during that pregnancy time. But she still was at that age even strong enough to be like hey you know what I can't I can't do that what's going to happen is this and that led to adoption and that led to you know me being with the family that I'm with now um the Bowmans (laughs) the famous Bowmans we always talk about yes sir and uh you know a, a loving and happy and supportive family who just want to you know see me get to where I want to be and who has been instilling these morals and these good things my entire life and they have done the same for the rest of my siblings as well my sister is also adopted so you know it makes for a fun little little uh, family time there but it's still just the idea of I could have not been here I could have not existed I wouldn't be sitting here right now and thinking about all the people that I might have been able to touch over the years or, you know, had a really good conversation with that then led to something good, none of that would have happened either. And so I'm grateful for that aspect of pro-life of, you know what, no, 
even though this is not the time for me to be having a child, even though this is, you know, a lot and it's overwhelming and I don't know how I'm going to do this, I have some sort of support. So I'm, I'm going to go through with it and then, you know, figure it out from there. And that led to, you know, where I'm sitting now. And so that's where I have definitely a lot of respect for that. When it comes to that pro-choice feeling, um, I think it's just the understanding of certain situations where not everyone is as lucky as some of these people who have the support and have these people who are here for you. There's no, There can be no support. There can be no money. There could be no home. Think about the people like, oh, if you ever got pregnant, we'd kick you out. Then what? You know? And I think when it comes to something like that, where these there's so many variables that are just like not adding up, sometimes having that choice can be the best decision some people make. And now I'm not saying that it should be like, oh yeah, you know, it's it's whatever. It's kind of just like a Thursday afternoon. But being able to at least have that and not just be told no is definitely important for some people. You know, there's there's both sides of people who might have gone through with it and then felt a lot of guilt, felt a lot of shame or just like sadness from that decision and then realized it moving forward. And then there's the other side of, it was the best decision I could have made for me right then, right then and there. Um, And so that's kind of where I'm I'm in between because it's hard for me to be fully on one side a lot because once again, I I could have just been a, a burden to everybody and it would have just been cut off there. And I wouldn't have even gotten a chance. Yeah. I like how that you brought in your own personal story there. I also like this point, too, because you're, har- you're getting to touch on how complicated this issue is. It's not cut and dry, mm. even from the religious perspective. Right. Here's a thought that I didn't actually think of until you brought this up. You said your right to choose doesn't come from a government or any other person, right? You're right. It comes from God. Right. Precisely because God loves you, he gave you free will to choose. Mm. That's an interesting insight right there. I didn't. I honestly just thought of it right now. So yeah. he gave you the right to choose. So pro-choice, really you have the choice, of course. Doesn't come from the government, doesn't come from any human being. Comes from God. Yeah. God gave you that choice. Now, he also gave you the ability to discern, right? right. What is right and wrong. Mm. So that comes into play here. And there's a moral battle at stake with the practical battle. I agree. Of what you're dealing with as a young girl, right, potentially, in high school. You referenced your mom having to face all those social pressures and ideals and people coming at her from all different angles. But she chose to have you. That's powerful stuff. And it's not cut and dry because you have, oh, I I lose my house, right? So my parents will kick me out if I choose to have this baby or, oh my gosh, how am I going to feed them? How am I going to put them through school? All this other stuff. And I'm in school right now. Right. There's some real things that people are going through. And us, as people, sort of peers of these people, like, you know, these women, these families, like I'm sure, you know, in some cases, a lot of times the boyfriend or significant other has a role in this as well. I mean, yeah. we're not going to exclude them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's... They're human beings that we're talking about. And when human beings are involved, there's emotion. And there's some practical things that have to be here. But we have to also remember, God gave us free will through his love. And precisely because he loves us, we have that choice. Right. 
I agree with that. I think uh, you just said something that I really liked. Um, when it comes to having that that choice, you know, at, at least as like an option for people, um, especially when they feel like there isn't any other way out. I mean, so we have we have our um, uh, have our camera guy and and somewhat audio guy. I'm gonna talk to him for a second. How would you feel if you were about to be a, a new father? How old are you? 14. You're 14. Yeah. How, how would it feel to be like, hey, you might be a, a dad? I would feel pretty scared. Pretty um, scared. I would know what to do, um, like feeding, like you were saying. Right. Um, it would just, I wouldn't be ready for the adventure just yet. <laughs> exactly. And wow. that's, and that's kind of, and I just, I wanted to kind of, you know, break the, break the fourth wall for a second. Yeah. There. But just, just to get like, hear it from someone who really is kind of that age right now, like, imagine being a father or imagine being a mother like At 14 yeah and and i'm just i'm just thinking about it now of what you said about these are human beings and when human beings are involved there's emotion and i think it's really important that we don't look at these people for their choice these are people with hopes and dreams and aspirations and fears and worries and you know strengths weaknesses friends family whatever these are people and we have to consider that and we can't just look at this as, oh, well, they can just go in and do this. You don't know what they've been struggling with. You don't know if they've been struggling with this idea for a while. You don't know if it's just outside people telling them to do that and they don't want to. And so it's it's good to keep that in mind, which is, you know, going on now to what do we do in that sense? Where Where is our role in all of this? Yeah. That's something that I often ponder, right? I mean, I've never been outside of a, like a Planned Parenthood or a clinic or whatever. I've never been out there. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't feel in my vocation to go out and seek these women, like I said earlier. Um, and part of that is not because I don't want to get my hands dirty or anything. That It's because I don't really know what to do. I mm. wouldn't know what to say. I don't relate to that at all. Yeah. Um, and also... I see that there's a lack of programs for that, right? And support, I mean, by like supporting these women. Right. But I often don't like to like complain about things when I don't myself don't have a solution to put forward. And mm. for me, I honestly can say I don't have a solution to put forward. Right. You know? I, I think if anything, it's more of a general kind of thing, but just having more of these programs to kind of, as you said earlier, like, fill the gap like this gap of okay so what goes on in between here then because right now it seems like we do things up to here and then maybe we get involved here but who knows and there's just all this extra space of well what happens there especially with people like what we were talking about before who don't have that support mm -hmm. who don't have anybody in fact they might just be losing more and more people because of the decisions they're choosing to make um and and i think that also kind of to a point when, when there's that argument of, well, if you're not ready, then you shouldn't be. Our entire society is, a lot of it is built up around this, you know, idea that it's fine and that there's no big deal and that there's no repercussions. Mm. And so when you grow up in that- For sexual stuff, right? Yeah, that and even like just abortion in general, like you'll see it just being like, oh yeah, I'm just doing this later. Oh, cool, I'll come with you. Like, it's not- shown as 
something that's super emotional a lot of the time sometimes in reality it is yeah exactly they sort of like glorify it or whatever right is that what you're saying or make it kind of in the same realm of like divorce of like oh if this doesn't work out we can just get a divorce okay when in reality it's like that's a heavy thing and i think when you grow up with all the media that we have with certain friends that might say certain things or you know you have it in your songs and your whatever like when you grow up with that the argument of well if if you're if you're too young you shouldn't even be doing it it doesn't work Mm. because that doesn't matter to young people what matters to young people is what they want to do now and as a young person who is not too far away from being 15 16 years old you know or was i'm older than that i promise (laughs) (laughs) um like as, as being one of those young people i can definitely say like yeah, I know I'm not necessarily ready for this, so I'll just do my best to avoid that era of it, that that whole like pregnancy thing. But the rest of this can be fine, and I know that because I see it in everything I, I'm around, mm. or in a lot of things at least that I end up witnessing. And not saying it's the same for everybody, but I think that argument just doesn't make sense because yeah. it happened now what now we have to move forward so you know yeah so and so wasn't old enough to be doing this or at least not in, in at least in your eyes it's already happened now what what's yeah. that next step what are we doing yeah and i think you had told me this in another topic before it's like whenever someone says don't do this it's like i want to do it more yeah <laughs> right a lot of kids feel that way it's like, right? or what yeah or <laughs> you what know? you know let me try this out why are they telling me not to do this exactly um and that can be applied to anything but when you're talking about something that can create life there's a responsibility there absolutely right? absolutely um, a huge thing it's like life and death really i mean life and death yeah. can be part of that and so um while people make bad decisions every day we're supposed to be there to support them because what we do is we should be offering help, but in reality, we're offering judgment, right? Right. And people tend to respond differently to that, but oftentimes when you provide judgment, <laughs> it's a negative feeling. Yeah, right? especially if it's coming from like a religious standpoint, because then the first thought back is, okay, so I see I'm not accepted. Great. Um, on top of that... I don't really believe in what you're telling me you believe in. So the things you're saying to me do not apply. Mm -hmm. At least they don't need to. And even even just at that base level, like you were saying, people don't really respond well to being judged to these negative comments of, you know, you're evil, you're this, you're that. It's pushing people further in the opposite direction which is the exact opposite of what we're trying to do when it comes to pro-life. Because yeah. we say it's from birth until death. The moment we push someone away before you know they're even given a chance, all of this extra stuff over here no longer matters. Yeah. And, and I think that's, it just defeats the purpose almost. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people, my peers and group, my friend group come, I, I see them in the state of, you know, distress, right? They've, you know, done something bad or whatever. They often come to me and, you know, try to talk. And I tried to train my mind to separate the sin from the person. I think we talked about that a lot before. Um, if they did something, they messed up, they're already broken in that, you know? There's no sense of me adding on to that. Yeah. And a lot of times that's what we're doing in this conversation is right. 
alienating them. They are kicking them while they're already down in mm-hmm. a sense. So where do you think the line is in terms of, you know, talking to folks about this, but not being too in your face about it? Yeah. So I, I ended up, you know, talking to my mom a little bit before I came here, um, kind of just what we were doing, like topic wise and getting her two cents on kind of where we're at. Yeah. And so, so I do want to preface the pref, pref, preface preface there it is there you go do you want to preface this um i know not everyone that's standing outside these uh these clinics or wherever else i know they're not all bad people right and i know that they're not all out here you know hurting people's feelings or harassing people and you know she mentioned like sometimes people will plant people there specifically to get you know you know arousal out of somebody mm-hmm. and to get these videos taken that are then uploaded which then, you know, continue to put us in a bad light. But um, so I, I just wanted to say that really quick because I know that it's not everybody. And yeah. so I don't want to generalize it to everybody. But I think when there are people who are standing outside of these places who are verbally harassing these young women and making people feel feel less for the decision that they are choosing to make, um, and then not understanding the concept of no, and this isn't for me. And thank you, I appreciate your prayers, but this isn't like I don't I don't really need this, and that's okay. Um, or that other people just have different beliefs. I think that can be difficult for us sometimes. I think it's almost a moment of kind of swallowing your pride and being like, all right, maybe I can't be that person for this person. Yeah. But at least maybe I can I can understand where they're coming from. And that's kind of the last point I have is like, you know, not understanding people's reasonings for their decisions and then respecting their decisions in turn. And there can be a lot of things that kind of go into that. Rape can be one of them. You know, being far too young can be one of them. Financial reasonings, you know, issues with parents or a spouse, whatever. And, you know, not saying that that necessarily makes up for it or that's, you know, my excuse for it. But there, they are important topics that are very, very real. And you can't write that off of, you know, well, it's whatever. You can just continue doing what you're doing. And it, it doesn't work like that for everyone. Not everyone is at the same point that we are. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be doing really well. Someone might really not be. And that's where that understanding kind of comes into play. And if we don't have that, how can we expect to have this conversation? How can we have this back and forth if we can't have even an ounce of this understanding and we're just calling it evil? We're just calling it this terrible act when I bet these people are definitely struggling with the decision themselves. At some some level, there's, there's some sort of hurt that's happening. And us kind of, like you said, kicking them while they're down is not going to help them and it's not going to do anything for what we're trying to do when we're preaching pro-life. Yeah. Yeah, and so at this point, I'm sure some of the listeners are, listeners are out there being like, well, I'm confused now. What do I do if I'm pro-life then? How do I go out and engage with the community and these women, right, and families? That, right. You know, I'm pro-life and I want to save you, right? That's sort of... The mindset internally, maybe it's not vocalized yet. So how can someone kind of go out there and and be of support in this sense without being so down their throat? I think 
a big thing is, you know, again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, speaking to a human as a human and not trying to be Jesus, not trying to be God, because that's not who we are. We are not God speaking. We are Rachel. We are Ryan. We are William. (laughs) We are who we are. And now I'm not saying God can't speak through us. There's some beautiful stories about, you know, someone praying, something comes to them and then they say it and then they end up having this really good conversation. And there was something my mom, a story my mom told me where, you know, she ended up changing her mind because of this one thing that this guy said that, you know, while he was praying, it just kind of came to him. Um, And it was it was Haribo. And, you know, she ended up talking to him a bit and, you know, she was eventually saying like, yeah, when I was, you know, growing up, my, my dad used to put, you know, hair bows in my hair. And he was like, you know, if, if you end up having a little girl, you could be doing the same. And she, you know, ended up saying like, I don't even want to be here. This was just a bunch of people telling me that I should be. And she ended up having a little girl and was able to, you know, be a mom to this child. And so I think that that's a beautiful thing is I like having kind of the Holy Spirit speak through you, but it's important not to let that turn into this is judgment and I'm here to tell you what you're doing is wrong. That's not our place and it's never been our place, but we do a very good job sometimes. And we, I don't mean just all of us, but just to make it, yeah, just to make it general enough, like we do a very good job at making it about us and what we think is right. And that's not what we're called to do. We're not called to be judgmental toward these people or towards anyone, you know? Um, and that kind of is in hand in hand with having more understanding towards people and their story and where they're coming from. We don't all, we're not all blessed enough to be in good homes or be around good people. And that's important to keep in mind because while you might be, this person might be on the far opposite of that spectrum. Yeah. So having that understanding is important. Understanding the honest reasoning behind things and not just saying, no, that's wrong. But listening, listening is a huge part of this. And then that comes to that last point of knowing when to stop and when to be respectful and understanding that even if this decision is still in the works or it's already been made, we need to have a place where we're like, all right, I understand where you stand with this. You know, I I might not agree with it, but this is where we're at now. And I'm going to be respectful about it. I'm going to still respect you as a person and value you and see your dignity still as a human being. But now what are we going to do moving forward? And that goes back into let's be I want to be a support system or let's find you, you know, somewhere where you can kind of relate with other people who have been through the same situation. Mm -hmm. It's more than that. And that's where it doesn't have to stop there. What needs to stop is this judgment based idea that this is what's going to solve the problem. Because I don't think it is. I don't think it ever will if we continue to go down that road of this is what's right and this is what's wrong because my God told me or told us that. Yeah. Yeah, and anytime someone approaches something with a hateful mindset or an evil, like condemn, condemning someone, it's often not a good place it's going to go, right? Right. Um, and it's hard to say what is guided by the Holy Spirit. And I would say anything like that was, is pretty much not. Right. <laughs> um, if, if, if it's that 
intense, right? Mm. But that's a cool story about the hair bow. Yeah, that was that was actually right before I left. That was something that she mentioned to me, and I wanted to. I didn't have it written down, but I definitely wanted to kind of talk about it for a second because it can be one word. And you notice how he wasn't just, hey, well, Jesus says you can't do this, and and this is wrong, and this is murder, and and you're evil for this. Yeah. Do you think that would have stopped her? If anything, it would so. it would brought more resentment yeah. towards whoever. But instead, it was this moment of, well, this is what, this is what the Holy Spirit just kind of had me say. And it, it was funny when my mom saw the story. He he said it, and then the lady was just like, "What did you say?" And he was like, "Hair bows, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's what the spirit told me." But then that led to something greater. Wow. Right, and that led to something that was bigger than that. What could have been if it was just a simple judgment passed mm-hmm. from one human being to another human being. Yeah. So I I really liked that story. I was glad that she told me. Um, shout out to mom mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah that I think it's very powerful and it's the way that I think we should be hoping to conduct things moving forward yeah you know? thinking about it this way too this popped in my head when you're going in you know doing something and someone's trying to give you a pamphlet on the street and you're just trying to focus on what you're trying to do mm. do you ever want to take this person's pamphlet or do you want to you know ever want to engage with that person or Here's another piece. Imagine you ever see those celebrities trying to go into like a hotel or whatever, and there's yeah. all these paparazzi out there like trying to do something. What do they do? They dart towards their original destination. Right. Same thing. Anytime someone comes out on the street, like I go to Philly a lot. I know you go to Philly a lot. Mm. There's always people trying to do stuff to you, like talk to you on the street and trying to get money or whatever they're trying to do. Right. Well, with my mindset at least, I try to dart to wherever I was originally going to go. Now think of it this way. If someone had their heart intended to go into that clinic to get an abortion and you have all these people trying to get your attention, right? What do you do? You dart you to wanna where get, you, you yeah. want to get out of that. If yeah. you have a bunch of people yelling these terrible things at you, you're not going to stand there and be yeah. like, oh yeah, it is a nice morning. Like it's, you're going to want to go even further to it because that's at least better than what you're around, yeah. which is almost ironic that inside is better than the people who are here trying to trying to save you, oh trying to save this baby. And then it in turn, it looks like, oh, there's just a bunch of people who were yelling at me. They didn't even want to like make sure I was good. They were just angry with me. Yeah. And think about it from someone who isn't part of the faith, who isn't, you know, necessarily caught up on a whole pro-life, pro-choice, like looking at both sides. It's just like, I don't want to be a part of that at all. And it kind of it kind of takes away like I'd rather be in here than out here with all of these with all these, you know, Catholic people. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there's some listeners that have been to the clinics and have prayed outside and we're not generalizing, of course, you know. Oh, no, absolutely not. I know there's some people out there doing great things and, and having great conversations with people and even just sitting there and praying, not even talking to anybody, just praying. And I think I think that's beautiful. So, I yeah, I definitely don't want to generalize this to everybody yeah but it, it's mainly towards a lot of what we see in the media whether they're plants or not it's still you know it's still happening yeah i'm sorry for cutting you off no there. no <laughs> I, I, you you said my point um what kind of comes after the abortion right so if a, if a woman walks in gets the abortion what comes after that you know emotionally physically whatever 
Right. So at least, you know, from what I was thinking, I've, you know, never experienced that. So I, I can't say, you know, from a first person point of view. Yeah. Um, but from, you know, stories I've read, videos I've seen, things I've just heard, um, there's kind of both sides to it, as we were talking about before, kind of where I stand. Um, you can have like this regret, this sadness, this guilt, shame, um, or even this just feeling of just like neutral, just like nothing. Mm. And it's just like it hasn't really clicked yet or it has. And it's just like, OK, let's just block that out. There's other things to be focusing on now. That problem is out of the way. But then on the opposite side, there's also like freedom. There's this sense of peace. There's stability. And everyone deserves to have that. Now, I'm not saying necessarily through abortion, but just in general, everyone deserves to have those things in their life as well. Which is why when it comes to kind of where I stand, I, I have to have some of my foot on this on this pro-choice side. Because if those things are just taken away, especially at a young age, it can be really difficult to kind of get your foot back on to what's next and, and moving forward and growing up, essentially. Because you're still growing up at that point. Mm-hmm. But a lot of a lot of what I hear, and I know that there's there's different places. Rachel's Vineyard is a great um, example of that. In King of Prussia. Yeah, where they they have retreats and that kind of stuff for women who have had an abortion in the past, whether it was a month ago or whether it was 28 years ago. Wow. It's it's for just you know people in general to kind of come and find healing and peace in that decision, especially those who have been struggling with. You know the thought of it um whether it was you know dormant for a while and then it kind of came back up or you've been struggling it struggling with it for a while now it's um it's it's one of the it's one of the many resources that are out there to kind of help those who are grieving over a decision that they felt was their best best bet at that point yeah so there is there is always going to be two sides to this um and i don't want to fall too heavily on either um just because i I do want to be more neutral and understand both of these sides but i think we definitely hear a lot more about you know this sadness that comes afterwards that isn't usually expected you know this should be a time where you're like oh thank god but is it for some people you know yeah definitely definitely challenging um you know, as you heard in my voice, you can tell that I'm really processing this, right? Right. Um, and as people who are pro-life out there, and we will always want to fight for the unborn, people that are vulnerable, but we should also have this understanding for the situation and realize that not everyone is in the spot we're at, right? right. Not everyone is thinks the same. There's a lot of yeah. Catholics out there that are pro-choice and pro-life at the same time, right? Like, right. I know of some some folks that um, that are like that, um, and for me, I've, I'm more comfortable with saying pro-choice in the sense that the the free will piece, right? Yeah. Um, you know, our choice is granted from God. He loves us so much that He gives us that choice, and I'm comfortable with saying that, right? I'm not comfortable with saying I support maybe the aftermath of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> One way or the other, um, but I'm comfortable with that love of of freedom, right? That's not from a government. It's not from another individual. It's from God. Right. And um, in that, 
no matter what decision is made, whether it's to choose life for the baby or to choose death for the baby, offer help without judgment. And I think that's something we can always improve on. Yeah. And I think, you know, from this conversation, from this conversation, I think in the beginning, I, I was trying to get my thoughts together. So it was a little difficult for me to say exactly what I wanted to, um, only because, you know, I could go on for a while on this yeah. and, and kind of dip back into to these both sides. And I kind of agree with you um, in the sense when it comes to pro-choice, where it's like looking at this idea of free will and that you know, not everyone, again, is at the same spot that we're at. Not everyone is doing financially well. Not everyone has the support that we have. Not everyone has this, you know, church community where we're here for each other. And we've made that very clear to, you know, everyone here. We vow to be here for each other. Not everyone has that. Some people are really alone. And, you know, to those people, that's where this kind of conclusion kind of thought kind of comes into play of us offering help without the judgment that we're going to be here from like for you from the beginning to the very end and we're going to be here for you and your child and your family and your choices and whatever else you need from the beginning to the end but throughout that we are not here to judge you because the only one who can do that is god himself who gave you the choice who gave us the choice and so it definitely can be a difficult thing to talk about especially in you know the church uh community because you know i feel like to a point where we're expected to be pro-life we're expected to you know be all about that and that this other side is for everybody else but i think that there can be a healthy mix of that as long as we're trying to go about it with the person's dignity in mind Mm. and that they are still a child of god they might not believe in god they might completely you know announce him as someone who's important and they're doing their own thing and religion doesn't matter they are still a child of god and it's still important that we treat them that way as well because at the end of the day we're all just here we're all just doing our best and again it's it's not our place to be judging people and their decisions all we can do is offer that help well said rachel well we're running out of time but uh, yeah. this was a great conversation. We can go on hours talking about this. Of Definitely, course, yeah. if you guys like this topic, feel free to email us, media at stpeterchurch.net. If you want to come on the show, come on. Come on down. I'm waiting for your emails. <laughs> media at stpeterchurch.net. It's all spelled out, St. Peter. Uh, you can go on our website, stpeterchurch.net, of course. Right. Um, reach out to us because we want to hear from you. We want your opinions. In the comment section, make some comments on whatever platform this is on. And uh, we hope to see you next time. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Ryan, of course. By the way, I almost forgot. We're going to link some things in the description for people with support. Right. um, For like abortion stuff and, you know, women's health and family health stuff. Mm. We'll try to link a lot of that in the description for anyone out there who wants to read on it. Or if you yourself are struggling with something and need the support, go on there and you'll have the links. Right. See ya. Great to be here.